A lot of people who are having some sicknesses this week, yeah, so be praying for each other. Good to see some back who haven't been feeling well, and also good to see some who finally are able to get out of uh, the house a little bit with the snow we've had, and yeah, we're so glad that you're here this morning. I want to update you, uh, Pastor Cole probably talked about this in the announcements, but starting next Sunday, February 5th, we're going to invite all of our life groups into this room uh, for life group for the month of February. And we have a very important series that we want to cover in the month of February that really applies to the entire church here at Centennial. And if you've never tried life group, or maybe you don't normally come that hour, I would beg of you, if you're ever going to do it, to do it this coming month in the month of February as we talk about what it means to be a served church. And, and we'll be letting you know uh, a lot about that in the month of February. We have uh, in February our Love Works Week coming up and our Public Servants Day on February 12th. And, and so we'll let you know about a lot of those things next Sunday. But uh, please, would you come next week? And we're going to entice you a little bit. Uh, first week, we're going to have some donut holes and some fruit, all right, out in the lobby a little bit early, and uh, we normally start uh, groups about 9.45, and I know groups kind of trickle in. Do your best to get here right at 9.45, and let's get a good start next Sunday. Well, can you believe it's already the fifth Sunday of January, the fifth Sunday of the year, and uh, a whole week almost now without snow. It's, it's crazy that uh, we've gone into spring almost, uh, but we're finishing up our first series of 2017 this morning. It's called It's High Time, and for our text today, we are headed over to the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, and if you're physically able, would you join me in standing as I read there? And we're going to read the first 10 verses there this morning, and if you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody close to you as we go through these First 10 verses. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out into the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he shall call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Our topic today is listening, and let's pray together. Father, would you work in our hearts today, and would you speak to each of us? 
Lord, it could be that there are those here today who do not have a relationship with you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to that person or those people about their need for salvation. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts in a way that we would say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I pray that you would bless our time together now, and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, back in the old days, in the 1970s, ages and ages ago, eons and eons ago, back in the dark ages before anybody ever had any fun, uh, guitar players didn't have digital tuners. And uh, tuning your guitar in those days required matching tones on one string with another. That's not that hard to do unless there's background noise. If something loud is going on around you, you could bend your ear down by the sound hole and still not even be able to hear your own instrument so that you could tune it. You might even have to lay your ear flat on the spruce to hear your own sound. And so you had to be deliberate to hear what was going on. It was best to be in a, a quiet environment so that your ear could work properly. You know, when God whispers to his children, he never competes with the noise. He doesn't. He refuses to compete with the noise. God does not fight for our undivided attention. It's our job to shut off the noise around us to hear what he has to say. And if you really want to know what God has for your life, I have really good news for you. He really wants you to know it. The Holy Spirit promised to believers, the Holy Spirit that Jesus has promised to all of us and has given to us, is given to guide us to all truth and to show us things to come. And so this morning, as we finish the series, we say, it's high time that the people of God listen to the Spirit's whispers in our lives and then follow His leading. We began by saying this morning, God is still speaking. God is still speaking. By the way, the notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along with us this morning. The first couple who ever lived, Adam and Eve, they had a unique privilege of walking in a garden alone with God. And even after they had broken the only restriction that God gave them, he still walked in the garden seeking relationship with them. You know, God spoke to Noah about building an ark to save his family. No one else thought it made any sense. God's whispers are often like that. They don't make sense to a lot of the people around you. God whispered to Abram to leave his country and to go to a place where he'd never been, where he would be significantly blessed. Moses heard the voice of God through a bush that kept burning. And then he became God's voice to millions of Jews for 40 years. The Lord spoke face to face with Moses as a man speaks to his friend. We read in our opening text today about a young Samuel and his recognition of God's voice. And even though he didn't know it was God speaking, he still heard it. That's the big thing. 
is even if you haven't discerned whether or not it's the Holy Spirit speaking in your life, if you're hearing someone speak to your heart, there's a chance if you're a believer in Christ that it's God who's speaking to you. That Samuel heard and recognized a voice. The prophet Elijah was treated to hurricane-force wind, and then an earthquake, and then a blazing fire before he realized that God's voice was only a whisper, a still, small voice. Isaiah gave testimony to God's still, small voice when he told the children of Israel, whether you turn right or left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Isaiah had already experienced this for himself when he heard God ask, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he replied, here am I, Lord, send me. Which that phrase has been the impetus for really millions of believers who have given their lives to God to go and serve in places all around the globe. Isaiah and so many others from the Old Testament heard the voice of God. In the New Testament, God spoke to Zechariah and Mary and Joseph in the Christmas story. Jesus, the Word, spoke to a countless number of people and even to a storm when he said, be still. There's a phrase Jesus used quite often. He said this, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Which really just means God gave you ears for a reason, right? Did your mom ever say to you, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason? Anybody, how many of your mom ever said that to you? How many of somebody said that to you? Your teacher, your coach, somebody. Yeah, that's been around for a long time. Uh, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. And Jesus, he said that. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, after Jesus' ascension into heaven, an angel whispered to one of the first deacons named Philip to go out into the Gaza Strip where he would meet an Ethiopian who needed Christ. God spoke to Peter as he was sleeping on a rooftop and said, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. There were holy whispers to the leaders of the early churches on where they needed to minister next and even where they shouldn't go. The whispers to Paul are referenced many times in the book of Acts and beyond. Once, during a long and dark night of his soul, Paul asked God to take away what he called a thorn in the flesh. He asked three times. Jesus whispered back, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In Revelation, the Spirit spoke to the leaders of seven different churches. Always with this closing statement. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. God spoke in the Old Testament. God spoke in the New Testament. Even though we live in a different era, God is still speaking to individuals, to families, to churches all across the globe. He's speaking through his creation itself, because we know that the heavens declare the glory of God, 
and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Gone throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. God is speaking through his word, the very word of God. God breathed to us. God is speaking through his spirit. God is speaking through his people. God can speak through anything that he chooses to speak through. He spoke to Balaam through a donkey. God can speak any way he wants, and God is still speaking today. And it's high time that we listen. But, as we find out in the second part of the message, some refuse to listen. Some refuse to listen. There's a description given to the prophet Ezekiel of the people that he would be addressing with God's word. And it's found in Ezekiel chapter 12. And I'd like you to turn there if you could. It's, uh, Ezekiel's a tougher one to find. If you get to Jeremiah, keep going, and it's a little bit further. Just past the halfway point in your Bible, Ezekiel chapter 12. And as you get there, I, I just want to look at the first two verses, and I want you to notice the wording. Here is a prophet of God called to go and speak to people who won't listen. Just like Isaiah, we mentioned earlier, he said, here am I, Lord, send me. And God said, okay, Isaiah, I'm going to send you to a people who refuse to hear what you have to say. And so here in Ezekiel chapter 12, look at this in verse 1. The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, they have ears to hear, and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. It's never a question if God's speaking, but it is a question of whether or not his people will listen. As anyone who's ever been in a human relationship understands, just because you have ears doesn't mean you are using them. Right Now, I will not ask spouses, especially wives, to raise their hand and attest to this testimony. Now, just because you have ears doesn't mean you're using them. Yeah, I got such a kick uh, last night. My wife was trying to talk to her son, Cody. And Cody uh, and Michaela are getting married in June of this year. And we just laugh all the time at how interesting it's going to be. Because he is the prototypical male who can only think at one thing at a time, and if you try to talk to him, he's lost in space. He has no idea what you're talking about. And, and so uh, my wife was trying to talk. He was downstairs, and she's trying to tell him stuff. And I kept hearing her say stuff, and then I'd hear him go, what? <laughs> and then she'd talk for another couple sentences. And he'd go, what? <laughs> and finally, she went down there and said, turn your music off. I'm trying to talk to you. He couldn't hear because he was listening to something else. Classic human beings. We could say classic male human beings if we wanted to stretch it that far. You know, we have been given ears, and yet many times we refuse to listen. 
And in God's economy, hearing isn't as much an ear issue as it is a heart issue. God told the prophets that his people had hearts that were made of stone. Many times God's people say they want to hear his voice, but they don't realize how much noise they've allowed into their lives. Remember, God doesn't compete with noise. If you don't abandon the noise, you can't hear his whispers. And you may not have a hard heart on purpose, but you can get one through neglect. I think it's such a sad story in Proverbs where Solomon said, I went by the field of the slothful man. And it was all grown over and the wall had been broken down and there were nettles covering the field. And the slothful man had lost his entire enterprise just because he didn't keep it up. We've seen even this winter, there there have been some new buildings even in uh, Adams County that have collapsed. But there have been many old buildings who under the weight of the snow, year after year they've been able to carry the weight. But this year they couldn't. Over 200 buildings in the Weezer area have had roofs that have collapsed. And uh, why, why was that? Yeah, because it just wasn't able to withstand anymore. It hadn't been kept up like it could have been. And, uh, you know, sometimes neglect causes noise in our lives where we can't hear God. And uh, we can allow so much noise into our lives that we no longer hear the Spirit's all-important whispers, even though they're inaudible because it's a heart issue. God has words that he has specifically and individually for you. And maybe you're here this morning, and I'm talking Greek to you because the Spirit has never spoken to your heart. It's never happened to you. And it could be that you've never experienced God speaking to your heart. I assure you that he is. Maybe it's been a really long time since the Spirit of God has spoken to you. God is still speaking. And it's one thing of refusing to listen on purpose. It's another thing to refuse to listen because you don't turn down the noise. I want to show you in Scripture how an unguarded heart progressively has a more difficult time in listening to God. Uh, Go with me to Revelation chapter 2. I mentioned a a few minutes ago that there is a message to each of the seven churches spoken in Revelation. And uh, remember that phrase, he that has an ear, let him hear. Well, there's something that's very unique about these messages and how they're given. And I just want to show you this quickly. If you want to do a Bible study on this, though, it's fascinating. Revelation chapter 2, the first church is Ephesus. And uh, verse number 7, Revelation 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And it, so that's the church of Ephesus. Now go down to verse number 11. This is the church uh, at Smyrna, the persecuted church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. And then we go down to verse number 17. This is Pergamos, the church under the imperial rule of Rome. 
He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. Now, I want you to watch what happens as we switch from Pergamos to Thyatira, the church in the Dark Ages. In the first three churches, the warning is given, and then there's a message given. So it's like God saying, hey, listen up. And then he gives the message. But as we switch to the fourth church, I want you to see what happens. Look at it. Chapter 2, verse number 27. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now... There's a message given first, and then the warning. Now, why was it? Because as time went by, the churches were progressively getting harder and harder against God. The churches were, they weren't turning their hearts to God like they should. They had a, there was a time in your life, it could be when you were small, we even did this with, uh, I think, uh, with our first child, we thought, you know, we're going to be hero parents. And we're going to make everything great. And things, our expectations have slipped dramatically since then. Uh, but our son Cody's about to turn 20. And, and when he was just a toddler, uh, we would sit him down. And I'd sit on one side of the room. And Amy would go sit on the other side of the room. And we'd say, okay, Cody, now mom's going to call you. And when, he, when she calls you, you turn around and say, yes, mom, and walk right to her. And uh, so she would say, Cody. And he would say, yes, mom. And he would turn and walk right to her. It's the sweetest thing in the whole world. Right? And then he'd get over there, and, uh, and she'd say, dad's going to call you. And when dad calls you, you turn around and say, yes, dad. And you walk right to him. And uh, he did it, and it was perfect. It was wonderful. Now, we have a three-year-old named Sophie, our surprise baby. We could call her for seven years. And if she doesn't want to come, she's not going to come. I don't know what happened. We, we totally failed somehow as parents as we went through the process of time. But you know, there's a time in your life where when authority spoke, you easily heard. And you ran in and acted like they had an ice cream cone for you every time. Right? But over time, it wasn't that your ears got worse, it's that your hearing got worse. And now you can hear the same person calling your name, and it takes you a while to respond, or you might not respond at all. And we're like that in our relationship with God. And these churches were like that in their relationship with God. And uh, churches weren't turning their hearts toward God. Now look at this in chapter 3. Verse number five, this is the church at Sardis. This is the church during the Reformation period. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It's at the end again. If you skip down to verses 12 and 13, you notice that the message to the church at Philadelphia, it's at the end again. And you get to the Laodicean church. 
the last church, the church that's totally in love with themselves, the people who had everything figured out, who thought that they were rich and in need of nothing. And we get to the end of their talk, and look what it says in verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. God is now standing outside of the church. You get to the period of the Laodicean church, God's not even in there. And he's knocking from the outside saying, would somebody hear my voice? Would somebody let me in? You think you've got it all figured out, but I'm not even there. And I promise you that God isn't knocking because he needs us. He's knocking because we need him. And there are a lot of people who don't hear God the way that they did. And you see that the way that the church gets further from God. And I would think that sometimes as individuals, we do the same thing. He that has an ear, let him hear. Some refuse to listen. Maybe out of sheer outward rebellion. Maybe just out of a lukewarm heart. There are a lot of people in Laodicean lukewarm churches who have never intentionally said, God, we don't want to hear from you anymore. They've just become lukewarm. They've just become status quo. They've just taken on casual Christianity, and it's not real to them. I know we were in India a few weeks ago, and uh, we were at a school celebration. There wasn't a church service, so I'm not trying to spiritualize this too much, do a Jesus juke on you, as the young people say, but we were at a school celebration, and, and they had been going for like an hour and a half, almost two hours, and uh, I said to my friend, how much longer do you think it's going to be? Just, I was just curious, you know, how long are we going to be sitting here in the sun with no water, you know, because I'm an American. Um, he said, maybe two more hours. And he said it just like, that's what we do here. And, uh, you know, you go to, Rick's been to a lot of uh, places in Eastern Europe where they have a church service that's three or four hours, and it's nothing to them. They eat it up. They love it. In the United States, when I go past 12.01 on the clock back there, I will hear Bibles audibly close, right? We don't hear God audibly speak, but we do hear Bibles audibly close. What is it about us that makes our Christianity so casual? That makes us so lukewarm where God, in fact, is standing outside of our assembly, saying, could I please get back in? Some refuse to listen. But you know, there's good news. Some desire to hear. Some desire to hear. Samuel had a listening ear toward God, and he really did want to hear. He truly did want to know what God needed to speak into his life. And so he said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. If we have that same desire, if we get rid of the noise, and if we keep pure hearts, God speaks through the inaudible whisper of the Holy Spirit. By the way, get, let me give you a caution on this. 
God's whispers are never opposed to God's word. Just remember that. God's whispers are never opposed to God's word. If you think you're hearing God tell you to do something immoral or dishonoring to him, that's not God. That's another voice. And always put what you believe you're hearing from God through the filters of God's word. And, and through here's some practical filters. Let me give you uh, five practical filters. And if you want to write them down on the back of your notes. Uh, the first question would be, this is a great filter. Is, is the prompting truly from God? It, it's worth asking, is the prompting truly from God? I know people who have dreams in the middle of the night. And they got up and decided to change their entire lives. And I, I want to ask, did you just eat too much pizza last night? You know, is the prompting really from God, or was it from the anchovies on your combo? Uh, you, you need to make sure, is the prompting really from God? The second question, is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? God, his spirit, his voice will never lead you to go against his word. Another question, is it wise? Is it wise? For the situation of life that you're in, is it wise? God wants us to use wisdom. Here, here's a good question. Is it in tune with your own character? Is it in tune with your own character? And what that means is, are you going to drastically change everything that's happened so far in your life from one whisper? Now, it could be that God wants you to do that. People have done that. But this is a good question to think about. Years and years ago, I was in a church, and a, a singing group came through. And uh, the singing group uh, was a really nice family, pure-hearted, wonderful people. And the only problem happened when they got up to sing. And uh, when they got up to sing, I began to think, are my ears messed up, or is there a big problem here? And the big problem was is that two of the people in the singing group were tone deaf. It was not good. It was a bad thing. It wasn't a good thing at all. It just really was bad. And, and so when we got to talking at lunch afterward, I was trying to be nice. I said, how'd you guys get into this? I mean, you know, how, how'd you get into singing? And uh, the guy said, you know, our pastor back at home, he loved to hear us sing. And he told us one day, because he loved to hear us sing so much that we should go out into music ministry. We sold our house, and I quit my job, and we bought this bus, and now we've been traveling to churches. Their music ministry didn't last very long. They didn't have any callbacks. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying their pastor probably was tone deaf. And he was a very sweet man, but he didn't have any ear for music. And he loved to see their joyous faces, but he couldn't hear that they were totally off-key. And, and so there's a question that you have to ask if you're going to up, uh, uproot and change everything about your life. Is this in tune with your character? Fifth question. This is a good question, too. What do the people you most trust think about it? Now, especially people who you know love God, love the local church, and love you. Right? If people don't love God, I wouldn't worry too much about what they have to say. If people don't love the local church and they don't love you as a person, 
I wouldn't worry too much about what they have to say. But when you tell people who care about your soul and who care about the God and who care about the things of God and they, they have red flags and they, they raise some things up to you, that's a concern that would be valid to you. Now, those filters can be very helpful. And yet there are times when even people close to you may not understand. That happened with Abraham. That happened with Noah. You know, a lot of times the Spirit's whispers could be portions of Scripture that you've already committed to memory. Things that you've already hidden in your heart. And we saw in our life group this morning that the Spirit brings things to our remembrance. The Spirit brings things to our remembrance. And there could be a time in your life where God whispers to you, be still and know that I'm God. My peace I give you. Fear not, little flock. I can do all things through Christ. He works all things together for good. My grace is sufficient for thee. The list could go on and on and on. And there are times when God whispers to you in your life to help you determine direction. There are times when God uplifts you from a horrible pit. There are times when God reminds you of eternity, that this earth isn't all there is. If you desire to hear what God has to say, get ready. He's still speaking. If you want to hear from God, the Bible talks about the prayer closet. A prayer closet doesn't have to be an actual closet. But what it does have to be is a place where you are unencumbered from the sounds of this world. Where you and your heart can be at one with God with no distractions. And if you would sit before God and earnestly read his word and pray to him as you should, then when you ask God, God, I want to hear you speak. What's the next thing you want me to do as a husband? What's the next thing you want me to do as a wife? God, how would you have me to improve as a father or a mother? How could I be more of a light at my workplace? How could I be more of an influence for you in my family circle? You know, God has some things he wants to say to you. God has some whispers that he will offer to you as you go about your daily business. God will point some things out, and he will stir your heart. And uh, you say, Pastor, how does, how does it all work? You know, I think it's the hardest thing to explain how God whispers to your heart. Because if you're a believer, he just whispers to your heart. Sometimes God says, turn around. Or, turn around? Why do I need to turn around? Well, because there's a lady over there who needs your help. Sometimes God says, stop. You don't know why you stopped, but you found out that you stopped because there was a child behind your car. And God speaks to your heart in ways where if you will listen, if you will have an attentive ear to him, he'll speak back. And we want to hear from God. But you know, as we close the message this morning, could I remind you of this final thing, 
Hearing is not enough. Hearing is not enough. Listening to the Spirit's whispers has to be followed up with action. If you read in 1 Samuel 3, the next morning, Samuel got up. God had spoken to him and told him some things about Eli, and he didn't really want to tell. And Eli kept saying, Samuel, what was it? I want you to give me the goods. Tell me what happened. He had a, finally, Samuel had to tell, and there's an action involved after we hear. God has something that he wants us to do. And it takes some real guts to respond to a whisper. If you want faith that is full throttle, if you, if you want faith that's not for the faint of heart, you have to be willing to listen and act on what God tells you. The biggest adventures you ever have as, as a child of God will start with the Holy Spirit's leading. Think of the passage in Acts 9. And let's go there because we'll, we'll work our way through it as we finish up the message today. This passage in Acts 9, here you have the zealot, Saul of Tarsus. He's riding toward Damascus with an entourage. He's headed toward the city to kill or detain Christians. And all of a sudden, he's knocked off his feet by a blinding light. And he hears God speak. And in your passage, you will see, if you have the words of Jesus in red, it's in red because Jesus is speaking to Saul. And he says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul says, who art thou, Lord? And God speaks again. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then he says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Well, there it is. It's the speak, Lord, for your servant hears moment. What will you have me to do? Now look what Jesus says to him in verse 6. Arise and go into the city. And it shall be told thee what thou must do. I love this. Here's what it means. Another whisper is coming. If you don't follow the whisper I just gave you, you won't hear the next one. This is very important. If you don't follow what God's already told you, you're not going to hear from him again. Hearing is not enough. Now, meanwhile... So Saul's got this going on. He's fallen on the road. He's seen the light. He's turned his heart to God. Meanwhile, a disciple named Ananias is minding his own business, and God whispers his name. Now look at this. I love this. It's down in verse number 10. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. So he whispers his name. God got his attention. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. So right here, Ananias. Sounds a lot like what Isaiah said when he said, Here am I, Lord. And so here's Ananias. And look what God says now in verse number 11. The Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. 
and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And Ananias talks back to God and says, God, I love to obey you, but maybe you haven't heard that this guy's a terrorist. Maybe you haven't read the Damascus Times lately, God. And God speaks back now in verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings, the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And look at the next five words. They're so huge. And Ananias went his way. And Ananias went his way. And New Testament history was completely changed. See, when God asked Saul to do some little things, he did them. And when God asked Ananias to do some little things, he did them. And if you really want to know God's voice, he will speak. But he'll only keep speaking if you do what he's already told you to do. Some Christians haven't heard from God for years or even decades. But it's not God's fault. See, you're still stuck on obeying the last thing he told you to do. Who knows the blessings that I've missed in my life because I set aside God's whispers. There are times when I know that I've quenched the Spirit of God in my life because God has whispered to me to do something or to talk to someone or to help someone, and I've pushed it off. And maybe I'm the only one, but I doubt it. Remember years ago, this is the spring of 2006, my wife and I were leading a small church plant in Boise. We'd been there for eight and a half years, and that April, uh, one of our dear church ladies passed away from cancer. She was only 47 years old. And in a small congregation like that, everybody was hurting. And I, I just remember the, the pain everybody would, would even have going to church. And we muddled through the rest of April and May. And I went to a pastor's meeting in Mountain Home in June. And uh, while I'm at the pastor's meeting, this guy in the back stood up and said, Hey, uh, I'm a certain, I won't tell you his name, but I'm this, this guy, and uh, God just brought us up here and just started a church in Eagle, and, and uh, the only problem is we don't have a place to meet, and you know, we're just struggling with a place to meet, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there minding my own business, and God whispers to my heart, as clear as I've ever been spoken to, Give him your building. Like, what? Give him your building? What does that even mean? And we had a, le a great lease at the YMCA off of Eagle Road. and uh, They were charged us very little rent. We had the whole building for Sunday morning. Give him your building. And uh, so this is how bright I was. It took me three days to call the guy. 
I'm not like one of the heroes of the Bible where I walked back to him right in the middle of the service and said, I've got word from God, okay? It took me three days, and I said, you know what, let's go to Costa. Just feel like God's speaking my heart about something. And I went and spoke with him, and within 30 minutes, God had totally changed the direction of my life and of our lives as a family. And uh, within a couple months, uh, our church just merged and continued to meet in that place, and he was the pastor. And God brought me to Centennial uh, knowing nothing of what would happen within the next months after I got here. Uh, I'm telling you, it's one of those times where I could look back and say, I know God whispered to me. And I can't describe to you exactly how it all worked. I just know that God was speaking to my heart, saying, you better do this. And it was so important and it was so bothersome and the Spirit kept doing that I wouldn't give up on it. And I actually did what God had told me to do for a time in my life. You know, I believe that God is still speaking to all of us. And today's big truth is this. If you are God's child, rest assured that he has something special to say to you. Yes, God has given you what he's given everybody else in creation. And yes, God has given you what he's given everybody else in his word. But God has something special for you. You are specially designed, not only physically, but spiritually by God. And if it takes three billion characters to list one line of your physical DNA, can you imagine what God has designed for your life spiritually? Can you imagine the influence he wants you to have for his kingdom spiritually if you would just listen to his whispers? Back in the 19th century, there was a, a preacher named Dwight Lyman Moody, D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody was such a servant of God, they said that uh, during that century that he took uh, North America in one hand and he took England in the other hand and he shook them both for God. And it's estimated that through his ministry, over a million souls came to Christ. Moody was walking down the street in Chicago one day, and a man walked up and, and handed him a $5 bill, which was a lot back in the 1800s. And, and Moody said, thank you. And, and he continued to walk down the road. And God whispered to his heart, go and give it to the woman across the street. And so Moody immediately walked across the street and said, ma'am, I want to give you this. She began to weep, and he began to have a conversation with her, and, and her life was changed. And, and Moody walked further down the street, and suddenly a man came up and handed him a $20 bill, which was a huge amount for back in that day. And Moody put it in his pocket, and God whispered to him, I want you to go and give the man now across the street that $20 bill. And Moody didn't do it. He refused. He didn't do it. He talks about this. And here's what he said. Never in my life again did someone come up and hand me $20. <laughs> Never happened again. Now, Moody, in his life, listened to God's whispers hundreds and hundreds of times. But he gives this example of the time when he didn't. You know, what if we 
as a small group of people this week would commit to God and say, God, if you speak, I'll listen. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And by the way, God, when you speak to me this week, I'll do it. Even if it seems little, or even if it seems big, or even if it seems out of my comfort zone, if you call me to do it, I'll do it. And I wonder if we did that, if God would continue to speak to our hearts. The application today, our faith challenge, is turn down life's distractions. Set aside time to listen to the Spirit. I am alarmed at the generation in which we live, how there has to be constant noise. People are afraid of the silence. It's such a refreshing thing to be able to go up and visit winter camp this week and to see kids with no headphones on, see kids with no phone in their face just for a few days. Now they're back and the headphones are back and the phone's back. We live in a generation of noise where the radio's always got to be on or the TV's got to be on or I've got to have something going on. But God doesn't speak through noise. God speaks through silence. Be still and know that I am God. The only way to know what God is saying in your life is to find some silence. You know, this is a pretty good start today of a place of silence. Quiet church with people who love God like you do. And what if you would come and bow before the God of heaven today, the God of creation, the God who speaks if you're physically unable to do that, maybe you could do it at your seat. But what if you would come before God today and say, God, I'm listening. I really do want to hear what you have to say. Take the noise out of my life. Take the distractions out of my life. If I'm too busy to hear from you, then I'm too busy. God, right now, in this room, you have something to say to us. And right now, Lord, we invite you in and we invite your presence to speak to hearts in this place. And I'd invite all of you who'd like to come and kneel at the altar or kneel at your seat or bow at your seat and come right now. Before we continue our prayer even, would you come right now this morning? Let's come and Bow our hearts before God.